What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dad the Man podcast, where we give men what they need to love and lead from the front. My name is Brendan Wall, and I am your host. And I want to thank you so much for being here today. Whether this is your first episode that you've ever listened to, or if you have been here for every single episode along the way, I just want to thank you so much for showing up here today to to support this show, to support the mission here at Dad the Man of helping men to love and lead from the front. I just want to thank you for being here. You could spend your time doing literally anything else, but you have chosen to show up here today to lend your ears. That's something that I take very seriously, and I hope to give you a good return on that time. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. Thank you, thank you. Before we introduce this week's guest, I do want to do a quick plug for our new Facebook group, the Dad, the Man Facebook group. We have gotten this group together. We got about 70 guys in there right now. We're all sharing things that we're going through, book recommendations, stories, things we're struggling with, things that we're winning with. We're just leaning on each other, pouring into each other, being a resource for one another. I just want to encourage you to get in there. It's a totally free group. You can find us on Facebook. Just go to facebook.com slash group slash dad the man, or you can go to the, uh, there's going to be a link in the show notes of this episode on whatever platform that you are listening on, or you can just search for dad the man on Facebook groups in there. But again, it's totally free. There is no excuse for you to not come join us in there. I want to see you in there. Um, so hope to see you soon. So without further ado, today's guest is the one and only Rob Abasolo. So Rob is the co-host of the ultra-popular real estate investing podcast, The Bigger Pockets Podcast. Rob's story of ditching his steady, dependable 9-to-5 career to pursue his passion in real estate investing and content creation is a wild one. We get into that story today, but what's so cool about it is that he has paved a trail for guys like you, guys like me, to follow. I've learned so much from Rob already in the short time uh, that I've gotten to know him just a little bit and chatting with him here in this episode. His YouTube channel called Rob Built, which he started a few years ago initially to highlight his own real estate investing journey, now boasts right around 200,000 followers. And now he shares amazing educational videos in the real estate space. He has made a name for himself as the go-to guy for Airbnb strategies. Um, and as I previous, previously mentioned, he's now the co-host of the biggest real estate podcast in the world in Bigger Pockets. Rob is one of those guys that when you first talk to him, you already feel like you've known him forever. He's got a laid back and funny personality and he's super approachable. But there's no denying his tenacity when it comes to building his businesses and showing up for those who mean the most to him. This was a really fun conversation. I really enjoyed getting to know Rob a little bit. I hope to talk to him again soon. That would be an amazing opportunity, and I hope to make that happen. Uh, But above it all, Rob is an incredible man, husband and father, and it was an honor to get to host him on the show. So here's my conversation with the Rob Abasolo. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Yeah, we're not editing this out. This is it. All right, this is. We <laughs> no, said we no, were going to. Ha- we said we we're going to have a, <laughs> a, a soft close. We can have a soft open too. Um. All right. Well, yeah, we're we're live. We're live with the new co-host of the Bigger Pockets podcast. With us today is the one and only Rob Abasolo. So, Rob, I want to first thank you so much for making some time for us today. I know you're a super busy dude. You have been crushing it as the new co-host on Bigger Pockets, like I just mentioned. Uh, I've really been digging into your content recently, the Rob Built channel on YouTube. Everybody go check it out. It is 
phenomenal. And I was just telling Rob before we went live, he's got me fired up in all different kinds of ways as a content creator, as a future real estate investor. Rob, I'm a big fan of your story and I'm so excited to peel that back a little bit and let everybody else listen to listen to that today. So with all that being said, Rob Abasola, welcome to the Dad the Man podcast. What's up, man? So I know that you watch the channel specifically because you said the Rob Built channel. So that's that's pretty good. Uh, most people say the Row Built channel. I'm like, imposter. <laughs> you just read my channel. You've never seen a video before. So yeah, thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, brother. Pumped to have you on here. Uh, so like I was just telling you, I like to start off. I like to wade into the shallow end and I like to get an idea of your childhood, where you came from, what kind of kid you were, you know, what you, you all the good stuff, siblings, whole nine yards there. Sure. So it was a, a, a dark winter night, a very chilly, uh, you know, 65 degrees uh, in 1989, as I'm told. Uh, well, we, we don't have to go that far back if you don't want, but um, but yeah, I don't know. I was just, I was a kid. We were all kids. Uh, I was born a kid. Uh, and then I grew up as an adult. So it's like pretty standard trajectory on that end. But, um, yeah, you know, I was like, always kind of the class clown, you know, that, that kind of thing. But childhood was great, man. You know, I, I am very lucky to say that, uh, yeah, pretty much everything went really well. My parents always worked really, really hard to provide for us. My parents are actually immigrants from Mexico. So, that is something that I've always really, you know, taken to heart because they gave up a lot to be here. My dad was actually a doctor in Mexico. My mom had a great job, too. And then they were like, hey, what if we gave all that up and moved to Mexico and, you know, and had kids and or, you know, for the kids? And uh, that's what they did. And so it was always a little like like a, not, I hate saying it like this, but like like a little sad to watch my parents worked so hard. My mom actually found a pretty good job, like, you know, pretty, pretty early on moving here. But my dad was always working really hard and he was always the smartest guy in the room, but he was never like, never had a job. He couldn't transfer his, his license over. And so he was always working super odd man jobs, you know, like he actually started in, in America as like a medical assistant and then like an x-ray technician. So he was at least in the industry, but as the years went on, they started demanding more and more certifications. And because they would demand more certifications, he didn't have it. He didn't really speak English. He sort of got wedged out of the medical industry. Mm -hmm. And then he went into like quality assurance at a piping company and then like a computer assembly company. Then he became a realtor and uh, then he like became a trucker and then he ended up like rehabbing houses. And yeah. So he's kind of gone through a lot of different jobs. I mean, just crushing it. Like I said, he's always like, the guy, but he was always like a really, really smart person, but he just wasn't the doctor that he like he was in Mexico. And so seeing that my whole life, I was like, all right, I got to like I got to make sure he's taken care of. Like, I really admire that he was like never like, let's go back to Mexico, you know? Um, yeah. And so for me, that's always been a really deep motivation of mine is just to take care of my parents. And and I think I'm getting pretty close to the point where that's going to happen here pretty soon. Yeah. So that's still with you. That's still pushing you today. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, because like my wife and I and my kids, like we're fine. We got, you know, we got money. So it's like we're good. We're covered off on. I'm not worried about, you know, being able to pay for my daughter's college or her wedding or anything like that. Um, and so for me, I'm like, we're good. And even if we weren't like we've got a whole lifetime of be becoming financially free and all that stuff. But my parents, you know, we have a, a very finite amount of time with our parents, you know, with anybody really. But I remember like I was watching an Aziz Ansari 
podcast or not podcast comedy special. Mm-hmm. And he sort of just broke down like the metrics of, of like how many more times you're going to see your parents, you know? And this was, I was living like in a different city at this point. So it, it hit particularly hard, but he was basically like, how many times you travel back home? And everyone's like two, three times a year. He's like, all right, let's see. Let's say you see your parents those three times. He's like, how much longer do they have? 30 years. Okay, cool. So three times uh, 30, 90, you get to see your parents 90 more times in your life. And I was like, oh man, that is the worst thing I've ever heard. Thanks, Aziz. And so that's always been like, okay, we got a small amount of time here. Like life is short. And so I'm always just working to push that ball forward and to take care of really anyone in my life, even outside of family, like business partners, best friends, all that kind of stuff. That's some heavy math. My goodness. It is. It uh, is. It is. <laughs> well, I live, a, you know, I, I moved closer now, so it's it's a lot more than was that, that in a still. comedy special? It was, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. that's not funny at all. No, it was kind of like his comedy special. Like he had some some things go down. If you if you're kind of familiar with his story, with like, yeah, he he wasn't in it doing so hot there um for a little bit. And mm-hmm. this comedy special was a little bit more of a an, a, an apology tour of sorts where he was kind of trying to clear the air. And so mm-hmm. Aziz has a really, really interesting way of of doing this because he actually did this in his last special too, where it's like funny because it's Aziz, but he like he's like, all right, come on, let's sit down. Everybody bring it in. Let's let's chat here for a second. And he'll yeah. like be very serious and he'll break it, you know, break the silence with like a funny joke. And so that's kind of what this was, right? He's like being funny and then he's like serious for five minutes and then he like does it. I'm like that to me is my favorite kind of comedy, I think, because it's a little bit more authentic. Yeah, there's a spectrum. There's like a full range there. Um, but man, I, I love that story. I love the way that you, you know, the way you've taken the baton from them. You know, they sacrifice so much to start fresh here in the States. And you're kind of you've carried the baton and, and financially done extremely well. And you've got a beautiful young family. And the way that you're kind of pouring that back to them and, and honoring them. It's a really it's it's really cool. I had um, Carlos Reyes on on the show a couple months ago as well. He's a you probably are familiar with him, big real estate guy. And um, he, similar story, he actually came to the US, uh, snuck into the US as a child. His mom brought him in and then he was able to then kind of retire her once they got here. And the story, like that story, man, it's just, uh, it's crazy. Are there any uh, lessons that come to mind thinking about your dad being, being around, having the opportunity to be, to be raised by a present father, any lessons in particular that really stand out um, to you, but from him? I mean, I think the thing that I always took like really from him and, and really just my mom to like family first, you know, and it's not even necessarily it wasn't even necessarily like, hey, dinner's at six, like get down to the table. We're going to all have dinner at the same time. I just think it was, yeah, just watching him, you know, go from a, a really high class job to like, you know, very labor focused jobs like for the rest of his life. And he was doing that because like he was willing to work minimum wage his entire career effectively, you know, mm-hmm. um, he was willing to do that for us. And so it's like, he did that because he loved the family and he wanted to provide for the family. And, you know, there were a couple of times where like, I was a little resentful because I ha- I went to college and I paid for it like with student loans. And I was like, I just wish they could have, you know, like figured this out. And then in retrospect, I'm like, Oh my God, that's, so ridiculous, <laughs> you know, like I was just like a stupid, angry, like, you know, teenager getting out of college. I'm like, 
I have $60,000 in student loan. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've had a lot of time to reflect on. I just I think about it all the time. And, you know, every time I see my dad, it's like I'm like, thank you. You know, um, yeah. I, it's a, been a very good example for me. And it's almost like I kind of uh, I respect it a lot because I understand what it's like to have to work a lot and not get mm-hmm. to see your family. And that's kind of like what my dad did a lot of the time. Right. Because he was working so much. And I was never really resentful. Of, like, it's not like he wasn't around. He was always around. It wasn't like, oh, dad's always gone working. But if he was gone, I was like, yeah, he's he's, you know, he's working for us. And so I, I kind of like carry that into today where I'm like trying to break out of that mold because I'm in this this really weird catch 22 of like wanting to make work hard and make a lot of money so I can take care of my family. But then when I have to hang out with my family, I'm like really stressed that I'm not working to make mm-hmm. money to like hang out with the family. And so. I, I kind of see a similar thing, you know, like for seeing that with him too. Like he, he was always willing to work harder to give me something that I wanted or something that I really needed. And so, yeah, family first, man. I think, you know, I'm, I'm sure we can all, Hey, with all the politics going around these days, I'm sure we can all agree with that. Hey man, there we go. <laughs> uh, you mentioned struggling to, I guess, I think in the root of what you were saying, it's a struggle to be present in whatever it is that you're doing without mm-hmm. that creep in from the other side of like, Hey, there's something else I should be doing over there. Yeah. So now that you're in the position that you're in and it's not nine to five life where you clock out at five and you know, you, nobody's bugging you until nine the next morning. How are you handling that? Like how, what are the boundaries you're putting in place? What are you, how are you working on that? Um, yeah, I'm still working on that. Uh, you know, <laughs> here's the deal. When you quit your nine to five job and you're like, Oh, well, I like, I'm going to get 40 hours back. And it's like, eh, kinda not really. I mean, you do get your 40 hours back and then you spend another 40 hours, like working even more. And so when I really quit my, my job, I really, I've only been out of my nine to five for like uh, 15 months, like a, a year and three months or something like that. And I was working a lot, dude. I was working a lot all day, every day, filming content, releasing like my, my courses, making YouTube videos, like developing the real estate portfolio. Um, so I didn't really have a lot of boundaries, except my wife was able to sort of convince me to take like a quote unquote paternity leave where after we had our, our son um, in, in last June, he just turned one. She was like, well, you know, paternity leave in California, because that's where we came from. She was like, it's usually about six weeks. And I was like, fine, I will do it. Um, <laughs> but and it's like frustrating because I, I wasn't working, you know, so it's like, you know, if it matters, you know, when you're not nine mm-hmm. to five anymore and you're on your own paycheck, if you don't work, you don't make money. Like, yeah. that's just simple math right there. Yep. Um, and so it was really tough, but I, I was able to do that. And then nowadays I, I do try to turn off like the actual work machine at 6 30. Mm-hmm. Um, I get started a little late. I get started usually around 10 or 11, but that's because I like to hang out with the family in the morning. So it's a, always a hard trade-off because my wife is like, can you get down at five or six? And I'm like, look, if we, if we're going to start doing this, then that means I got to start at nine. And if I start at nine, then that means you got to get the kids ready and do all that stuff by yourself. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I, I like, I like doing that with you. I like kind of being a part of the morning routine. And so we're trying to iron out how to make it work. But like, I got a business partner. Um, he's also a best friend of mine and he's lived with us. He just bought his own place. So he's moving out soon, but he lived with us in Tennessee and stuff. And that was particularly difficult because 
him and I are like, we're schemers, you know? And what I mean by that is we're always like, oh, what if we did this? Oh, what if we built out the portfolio here? What if we bought this hotel? And we do that all day. It's uh, very annoying for anyone that's around us because we're just like, ooh, what if we did this? Yeah. And um, because of that, man, it was just so easy to talk about work all day. And then I think I just got to a, a breaking point a couple months ago where I was like, hey, dude, after, after I'm done at six, we don't talk about work anymore. I don't care what it is. I don't want to do it. And so, you know, he's like very respectful. He's like, yeah, cool. And so he like tries not to, if it's like eight and we're hanging out, he's, he's like, oh, I'm sorry, dude. Like just really quick. Can we do this or blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. So like, I'm obviously not a stickler on it, but I yeah. do try to have like with people around me that are in my business, if it's sort of after hours, it's like, that's all dead to me. But, um, mm -hmm. but I will say that I am on my phone all the time. I got busted by my wife yesterday, you know, I came down and she was like, maybe we shouldn't be on our phone so much around the kids. And I was like, well, first of all, lady, you're right. <laughs> Second of all, I just posted a YouTube video and I want to check my stats. Um, so it's like, it's tough, dude. I, this is like the one really hard thing about being a, a YouTuber influencer, whatever you want to call it. Like yeah. my job is literally to be on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, like all day, every day. And so that's the one part I have a hard time shutting off and setting a boundary for, for sure. Screen time is brutal. That's been like my own internal fight recently has been very similar. Just like, I mean, I'm the same way. So like I have a podcast episode that goes out every Tuesday. I'm sitting there, I'm refreshing. I'm looking at, Hey, mm -hmm. is the number going up? Is the number going up? And then I'm like me refreshing this another 10 times doesn't make the number go up. I'm just driving myself crazy in the process. Yeah, It's true, dude. Just wait, just wait, you wait, pal. Uh, it gets even worse. <laughs> Can we do I a screen it. time check on our phone? Are you, oh, are you ready to reveal that? Let's do it. Let's go. Let's do right. it. Oh God. I'm scared to even do that. I don't even know why I offered it, honestly, but let's see. Let's well, see, is... because I think this is going to be very eye opening <laughs> for everybody. Yeah. This is, this is not going to be good for me. Oh, okay. well, I do have a little bit of good news. It's gone down 12% from last week. Okay. Okay. So my current daily average is three hours and 53 minutes. So about four hours a day is how, how much I'm on my phone. All right. Mine is a little less three hours and 11 minutes. Oh, that actually makes me feel really good because I'm like, okay. Cause you seem like a pretty responsible, normal bloke. You know, I'm like, I feel like I'm on my phone too much. How long have you been on it today? Oh, that's a good one. Um, how do I even see that? Let's see. See all activity. I, oh, today, almost two hours today already. Yes. Okay. I've only been on it for an hour 26. Let's go. I've done it. I beat you. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. So, so now, that, that, that's a pretty eye opening, though. We've only been awake for like three hours, man. <laughs> that, I'll tell you what, this is this is a uh, flag has been planted. I'm going to work on my screen time now. The embarrassing <laughs> thing is I've talked about it on the show before of how that's Dang. like a thing that I struggle with. All right. All right. Kick you. You you, uh, you did it to me. Kick me in the nuts. I'm going to I'm going to get it in order now. <laughs> yeah, dude. So that that's honestly the that's the hard part. I mean, I I am. Look, I don't have to be on my phone as much. Um, I'm already a relatively bad influencer, to be honest. Like, I don't post nearly as much as I should. I'm on Instagram, but I'm not like posting. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm like addicted to my phone. I think I think everyone like I think most people are. It's just because phones are so normalized and such a part of our life. We don't really think of it that way. Mm -hmm. um, but I would say like, you know, if I didn't have my phone on me for two hours, I would. I would be pretty stressed, honestly. 
get, start getting a little antsy. Have you ever done yeah, like but, a detox where you don't have social media on your phone for any period of time? No, no, don't think I could do it. Not, I mean, okay, okay, okay. Let me, let me go back. I could do it. <laughs> I don't want to, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, well, well, I guess I it's mean, so much of your, it's like, that's how you make a living. So that's, yeah, that's a bigger, that's a hard bigger question for you. Yeah. 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 I mean, could I like, I've considered taking a break on YouTube because I, I post every week, day in, day out, like no matter what happens, rain or shine, I'm posting. I'm not skipping a video. If I skip a video, I'm dead. Just so you know. Um, and so. Uh, so, yeah, like, please send help if you're ever like, oh, it's Monday. There's no video out. But like I have thought about doing like a one week break or a two week break. And I'm like, man, but I mean, you know, I don't I don't I don't have to. I guess yeah. I could. And I don't I mean, like. What would be the, I mean, so I could just say like, I did it now. Now I'm going to go back to it immediately. So it's, I don't know. I have like interesting, I have an interesting reservation about it. Cause I'm like, well, I mean, if I did it, it's like, if I end up going right back to it in the exact same schedule, then nothing actually changed. So I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if a detox would really do much for me. I will say I have had that experience where I've done taken it away for a while. And it felt like after a couple of weeks, felt like I was on like the limitless pill. I felt like Superman and my brain worked the way it was supposed to. Cause I didn't have this just like nagging, like go back to it all the time. Right. Right. But right. then I went right back to it and here we are. And I've got two hours of screen time already uh, <laughs> in the middle of the week. So yeah. it's like, yeah. to your point, I don't know what good it's really going to do. Let me ask you this. Do you have any reservation with it around your kids? And then them, I guess, like increased screen time, looking at the phone, that kind of stuff being something that they're going to see more of. Like, do you have, yeah, do you have any re reservations on that? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Like it, Oh gosh. I, yeah, this was like one, when, when we were in Tennessee, um, the first effectively year of my daughter's life, mm -hmm. you know, like kids are like little bionic learning machines. Right. And like every day it's like, they make a new connection. This is a really cool thing about having kids is that like you see them, understand something every day or like learn something new or be like oh if the if he turns that thing on the door then i can't open the door anymore like those kind of things right and so yeah. my daughter saw like how much we use our phones and like like if my wife would wake up with my daughter and like they would be out in the living room and my wife would let me sleep in because i was going to bed at like two or three very often so my wife would let me sleep in until like nine or ten and so like, you know, she'll, there's always a point in the morning where she'd be like, let's go wake up dad. And my daughter would like run straight into the room and be like, dad. And then she would like go and grab my phone off the charger and then like hand it to me. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well that's, you know, embarrassing. <laughs> it's embarrassing that she's like, this is dad's thing that yeah. he needs when he wakes up in the morning. <laughs> um, and so now she kind of just does that with my glasses. So uh, yeah. we've, we've kind of changed it a little bit, but absolutely to answer your question. So, and I'm like, man, I hope I'm not the only person this has happened to. Dude, you are not. I think, I think the COVID quarantine experience made it so much worse for all of us yes. too. Like we've been, I've talked about this a couple of times on here. We've been like peeling back the bad habits with our kids screen time and with my wife and like our own screen time. But we were like, ah, our kids are watching way too much television. Okay. We got to take it away. And then we're like, wait, they're wanting to watch a lot of television because we're put we're making it available and that's mm -hmm. kind of what we're showing them us looking at our phones all day so we we're like okay let's look in the mirror we gotta you, start you know what's so back. funny though like it's funny how much we judge people when, when you're how long have you been a parent uh five and a half years okay cool so 
I mean, I can't speak for you, but I'm going to make some assumptions here. And if it doesn't apply to you, it applies to like 99% of people. <laughs> when you weren't a parent, you were probably looking at things parents did and judge them. You're mm -hmm. like, oh, my God, I can't believe that parent is doing that. Oh, my kids will never eat chicken nuggets and macaroni <laughs> and cheese every day. Oh, my kids will never be the kids watching TV at the dinner table at a restaurant. And then you have kids and you're like, oh, I get it now. Kids only eat chicken nuggets and macaroni and cheese because they won't eat anything else. Or what do I do all day if I don't watch TV with my like if I don't have my kid watching freaking Coco Melon or Bluey or whatever, then I got to hang out with them. This is crazy talk, you know, um, so it's like but granted, let me clarify on that. We lived on 52 acres. Like in Tennessee by ourselves, and we couldn't even go outside because we lived on a mountain and our kids would fall off if we didn't like. <laughs> pay attention to them all day so we were literally locked in our house all day and it's like yeah we watched you know a lot of tv so same thing a lot of screen time and now like we we're definitely peeling back that ha habit as of like literally three or four days ago because mm -hmm. my daughter does not go to sleep like it's when it's bedtime she like runs around we got to keep going in and like hey get in bed and it takes like one to two hours for her to go to sleep and we we're like trying all these different things, no sugars. And then we're, my, my wife was like, well, there is one thing that studies say would have an effect and it's no screen time. And I was like, wow. All right. So we've been trying like no TV with my daughter all day, except for one hour a day. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's hard. It's hard. It's, it's hard. hard. Yeah, it's really yeah. hard. We've got we've been lucky. We kind of turned the corner. Our boys are five and three and they're both at the point now where we can send them. We can open the back door and say go go be little boys out in the backyard oh, like, that's awesome, go man. have fun yeah. and that's been i mean we're privileged to be able to do that but that's been like it's it's like what we've kind of watched them relearn how to like just be creative little kids like they're mm -hmm. not just like glued to the television they're like oh everything's a weapon everything's a sword everything's an adventure <laughs> right. and then i walk outside and i get you know hit in the side of the head with this with a big stick they've got and uh, but, but yeah, you know, it's hard. It's, it's also kind of weird, though, because uh, TV teaches kids like so many things that like. So, for example, like my daughter always does things that she sees in TV. And we're always mm -hmm. like, how did she learn that? Like she was like pretending to be a pirate the other day. She was like picked up like a, uh, you know, the carton, like the the cylinder inside of like a paper towel. Mm hmm. Thing, mm -hmm. a set of paper towels you know the yeah. she was like looking through it like a telescope and we're like <laughs> well how does she learn this you know and it's like it does kind of develop some skills but i would say not i don't know if it's a net positive to have to be i don't know i watched a lot of tv as a kid to be honest and i'm a little bit more like pro tv like my wife is like no the kids can't watch this and this and this and this and like they have to be 13 before they watch this and i'm like man my parents let me watch whatever I wanted and I feel like a better person for it, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Um, gosh, to your point before, I was just thinking about that, judging other people before you have kids. And then you even like, as you see people with older kids, you kind of do the same thing. And as we've caught up with other people, I'm like, ah, mm -hmm. got it. Hey, yeah. Having kids is like the ultimate lesson in grace. And it just happens in real time. Like you just it have does. to learn it. Yes, dude. And I'm like, I'm always so before it's like, you know, if you see a kid throwing a tantrum, you're like, OK, <laughs> parent, do something about your kid because it's so easy. Uh -huh. And now, like, I see it and I just want to high five the parent, you know, yeah. like genuinely like 
when I'm on an airplane, like I was on an airplane the other day and there's this lady like dealing with like her crying kid for like three hours straight. Like mm-hmm. it was the worst thing I'd ever seen a parent go through on a plane. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to like give her a hug. I want to be like, come here. You, you did really good. I, yeah. I get it. I understand where you're coming from. And I know everyone on this plane hates you, but I don't, you know, like I just wanted yeah. to like let her know, but I'm like, she's dealing with enough. She doesn't need a, <laughs> a hug from a random man. <laughs> may or may or may not uh, make things worse at that point. Exactly. Um, that's awesome. Okay. I want to, I want to put a pin right here and I want to go back just a little bit, just because I alluded to your story. We've talked about where you are now, where you're in a position where, you know, content creator, investing in real estate, not working a nine to five job anymore. Can we go back mm-hmm. just a little bit? Can you tell us the story about, I guess, how we got here? I know you were working in advertising. I think yep. you had a pretty stable income. Wife had a stable mm-hmm. job too, W2s. How did we get from there to content creator, YouTuber, real estate investor, course create? Like, how did we get right. from A to B there? Right. Pretty crazy all around. Let me start by saying that. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I'd always wanted to start a YouTube channel like my whole life. Oh, sorry. Not my whole life. Since I was like in college, since it was like when YouTube was like new, you know, Mm -hmm. and I just never did. Like I never, I didn't have the motivation. I know what to talk about. And I was like, okay, maybe one day, but I had always talked about it. And then I was at work about two years ago, two and a half years ago when I started the channel, right before I started the channel, it was December 23rd. It was the last day of work before we took the Christmas break. And I was sitting with a bunch of friends one of my friends started talking about how YouTubers make a lot of money or like, yeah, I don't know, something like that. And I was like, man, I've always wanted to start a channel, you know, to, to these like two or three guys. And they're like, oh yeah, well, what would you do? And I was like, well, I always wanted to be kind of this like weird quirky take on DIY. Um, but yeah, I don't know. And then like at the same time, they were all like, dude, you, you have to do that. Why do that right now? And I was like, really? And they're like, yes, that sounds amazing. And I was like, okay, let's uh, sure. And so like a week later, I like recorded my first video. And then a week after that, I had edited it. I edited it and posted it on January 7th. And um, what year was yeah, that? It sucked. Uh, 2020, right before okay. the pandemic. And gotcha. my daughter was born on like the 16th, like a week, the week later. So it was pretty nuts because like <laughs> and my wife was like, I'm going to go to the store. And I was like, now's my chance. Because I was like really scared to like, I, I don't do well when she's around and like I'm on camera. So I was just like she's gone. I'm going to like make this video. And so I like recorded it on my iPhone. And, uh, you know, my big goal becoming a YouTuber was to get a thousand subscribers. I was like, if I get a thousand subscribers, like my dream will come true. And, uh, six months on the dot later, I got a thousand subscribers. And, uh, that was actually like two or three days ago. Um, I got a notification on my Facebook memories and I was like, two years ago today, you posted this. And I was like, wow, two years ago, I had a thousand subscribers on YouTube. That's really crazy. And uh, fast forward, um, six months later, I get a thousand. I'm like, oh my, you know, this is like, great. I did it. Dream come true. Mm -hmm. Posted about it, told all my friends. They're like, good for you. And then I was like, well, I guess my next goal is like 5,000. That should take like three or four years based on, you know, some extrapolating. And then I hit it 5,000 like a week later. Um, And I was like, oh my goodness. And then like a week or two later, I got to 25,000. Wow. And YouTube named me creator on the rise and they featured me on their, their front page or their, um, yeah, the front page for like 24 hours. And like, that was the day that I was told myself, I was like, okay, this is like, I've done it. Like my life has changed and I'm going to be a YouTuber. And I was like really committed to being a YouTuber. I had already committed previous to that, but this was just confirmation, like the confirmation I really, really needed. Mm-hmm. And so 
I sort of like started out as this like DIY content creator, but I really quickly pivoted and realized that people wanted me to talk about like tiny homes and Airbnb and stuff. And I was actually a little bit bummed because tiny home and Airbnb creators at that time, at least they were kind of boring. They were like very vanilla. And I was like, Oh God, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that boring person. Mm -hmm. And then after like things went, sorry, hold on. Give me one second. After things went decently well, um, with that, like, and people being very receptive to it, I just kind of had the moment. I was like, well, what if I just was the weird quirky creator that did that stuff? Like, what if I just did that and I didn't have to be boring. And so I kind of just leaned into that and the channel really started to hit its groove, like, you know, in the next couple of months. And it turns out that, um, it's funny. Like I, I, I was like, all right, so how can I monetize this? I was making some money on YouTube. So then I started consulting. Um, I, I, Put on my channel like hey if you ever need a consultation on how to start an airbnb or on how to build a tiny house like here's my email down below oh that's how they do it sometimes i'm like how do people get my email and i put i put that <laughs> right in that video in that video so it gets a lot of views but um <laughs> so yeah so basically people would always uh that's funny that i'm just realizing that um but anyways uh so yeah so i like put that out there and people started booking me and that was like, you know, one or two bookings here and there every week. And like, it, then it turned into three or four every week. Then it turned to three or four every day. And then it turned to five or six every day, but I was booked out a month in advance and I was slowly increasing my rate from one. You're still working your nine to five at this point, right? At this point. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I was like charging 150 bucks an hour, then 175 then 200. And I actually consulted a consultant who was wanting to get into Airbnb, but he like consulted, you know, he had owned his own agency and um, <clears throat> he was like, dude, you're great at this. And if you're booked hundred percent, you're way too cheap. He's like, you need to be booked like 60%. So raise your prices. And so I just kept doing that. And then finally, uh, after doing that for a while, I was like, Oh, so if I uh, work four hours a day, at $500 an hour, <laughs> I can quit my job because that's like significantly more money than I make. Um, it was like three times what I was making at my job. So finally, after doing this for a bit, um, like I was like getting ready to quit. And my wife was like, this was like, I would say like around October of 2020. Yeah. October of 2020. So <clears throat> about nine, 10 months after I started the YouTube channel, I was like full swing here in the consulting, but I was starting to get really tired, dude. Cause working a full-time job. Mm -hmm. And then I was consulting for like four or five hours a day after that. Like, you know, I would yeah. clock out at six, then I would consult for the next four hours. And like, you know, my daughter was born and I was, you know, I was in the living room, daughter's running around crazy. And <laughs> it was like a really crazy time. And one of my, um, consulting clients, they, they were like, dude, why don't you make a course? Like, he was like, what you have to say is awesome. He's like, I actually bought a course from somebody before, in the Airbnb space and you're way better, like in every way. He's like, you got to do it. And I was like, me? No, that's crazy. What do you mean? A course? And that guy changed my life, like in a, in a really, really, really big way. Um, because that's when I was like, okay, I guess I'll try that. So fast forward a couple months, I shot a course, um, had a huge, huge like launch and made life-changing money in the span of a week. And so I shut down my consultation business immediately. And um, this was around the time that I quit my job. I'd already been wanting to quit my job because I was making enough money. And my wife was like, just do it already. And I was like, no, no, I couldn't do that. What do you mean? I should quit. That's crazy. And I was like, no, no, I won't quit. And she was like, I was always the one that didn't want to quit. And she's like, you should obviously quit. And I'd be like, I think I should quit, you know? And so finally I did. 
And uh, yeah, man, that was like in April of 2021. So yeah, about 15 months ago. And then from there, um, I had this question of like, okay, uh, I was making $110,000 at my, at my job and my wife was making 85,000 and we were like, okay, we're going to walk away from this. Like, are we, or she was making 75. I was like, we were really about to walk away from $185,000. And she was like, you know, I trust you. Let's do it. And I quit and I've been able to, you know, dramatically increase our, our, <laughs> our living. Um, and it, it was all just from believing in myself, you know, and my wife believing in me. That's unbelievable. Uh, so when you're in that moment and your wife's like, you should quit your job. And then you, mm -hmm. I'm imagining you sitting there like in the wheels are turning, like maybe I should quit my job. What was holding you back from doing it? What's did something, was there a fear that you were like, were you scared to take the jump? Was there something specific holding you back? Uh, health insurance. Yeah. It's, it's dumb because like I was making, you know, at this point, uh, I think it was about, Oh, 27. I just did a video on this $27,000 a month consulting. And I was <laughs> petrified at the idea of spending $2,000 a month on health insurance, you know? And, um, I, when I quit my job, I like set up a meeting with my, with my uh, bosses and like we opened it. It was a zoom because of the pandemic and they were like, what's up? And I was like, <laughs> and they're like, Oh, Oh God, what, what's wrong? And I was like, I have to quit. And they're like, Oh, Oh, okay, good. Oh, thank God. You're okay. And I was like, yeah. And they're like, well, why are you crying? Like, are you going to be okay financially? Like, is everything okay? And I was like, yeah, I make way more money doing everything else that I'm doing now. And they're like, okay, well then why are you crying? I was like, I just, I don't know the stability, the health insurance and blah, blah, blah. And they were both just kind of like, they looked at each other and they're like, you're going to be okay. You, you should have quit a long time ago kind of thing. And I was like, thanks. And I like closed my computer and I was like, oh, wow. Okay. That was amazing. That's yeah. what I needed to do. Like it was instant. It was, I felt so stupid for not having quit even earlier than that, you know, mm -hmm. but I quit at the right time, but I could have quit, you know, many months before that. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I think like I quit my job, I was consulting and then literally in the span of a month, I, I made like a lot, a lot more than I had ever made combined in mm -hmm. my life in a week. And so I was like, Oh, okay. Great. I should have just gone all in from the start. Yeah. That's what I've been doing, man. I've been going all in and I've been really kind of pushing that ball forward. But yeah, dude, I mean, health insurance is one of those things where it's like, you're so tied to it when you have it for free and we were pregnant and we were going to have another kid. And so I was just scared to like walk away from health insurance because I was like, well, how are we going to pay for this kid? And again, like, honestly, like looking it up, having a kid is expensive if you don't have health insurance, but it's not like it's not like $50,000. I think it was like 10,000 bucks or something like that. was the rate at our hospital. Yeah. Again, something we could have afforded, but it was like, man, yeah, I don't know. So I was so in my head about it. Yeah. Oh man. I, the reason I love your story is because you were at this job and you, we were talking about this a little bit before, but you really built like a ladder across from one mountain to another mountain. Like you built this mm -hmm. all up and you were able to take, like you got the, to change metaphors, you were able to get the boat pretty darn close to the dock. And just mm -hmm. step off into this other career, which I love. And I think it's really possible. And it's, I was telling you a little bit before we came on, it's a vision that I've got for myself a little bit with this podcast and hope to be able to do something similar. But I love the way that um, your story has unfolded. And it's crazy to me. So you start this thing, like in, in the span of like two and a half, is it one and a half or two and a half years, you end up having two kiddos, you make enough money in side hustling to quit your job, then you're a full-time mm -hmm 
real estate investor, content creator, and now you are the co-host of the biggest real estate podcast, one of the biggest podcast period, media outlets period in, in our world today in bigger pockets. Yeah. That's a lot in a short amount of time, dude. It is. It is wild. a lot. It is crazy. It really is. And it's crazy. And it's a little lonely sometimes, like, to be honest, because it's like not a lot of people really understand any of it, you know, like they're, mm-hmm. they're happy for me and stuff. But like you, I can talk to you and you, you're a podcaster and you're like bigger pockets, dude. Like, that's crazy. You know, yeah. whereas like when I was like trying to explain it to my wife, I'm like, you don't understand. <laughs> this is crazy. And she's like, no, no, I know. I know. But it's like like same thing. Like, you know, if I talk to a YouTube creator and I'm like talking to him about like being creator on the rise, they're like, dude, that's like crazy. Whereas like most people are like, that's awesome. I'm like, it's really cool to know you. I'm glad to know you. That's really cool. But like a lot of people don't really ever understand like the impact, a lot of this stuff. And I'm always like, it's like a, it's like a thing that you celebrate with a lot of people, but a lot of the times you're sort of celebrating alone at like how big an achievement is, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. We talked about this a little bit before we we went live, but you mentioned the term imposter syndrome. Now mm-hmm. that you you've kind of you've made it to this this proverbial mountaintop, like, dude, co-hosting bigger pockets is a big freaking deal. For anybody who doesn't know that, I'll say that. Just make sure everybody knows that's a big freaking <laughs> deal. That's amazing. Uh, how are you handling that? Like, do you feel yourself battling that consistently? Does that hold you back in any way? You mentioned you were trying yeah. to let your let your personality out a little bit more on the show. Talk to us about that a little bit, because I think that's something we all deal with in our own. I think there's a long tail to um, to to that imposter syndrome. Like, I think we all mm-hmm. feel that in certain ways. Maybe it's as a husband, maybe it's as a dad, whatever it may be. But I'd love to hear you unpack that a little bit. I mean, yeah, dude, like Bigger Pockets is a big deal. And then Brandon Turner was like the host of the Bigger Pockets show. And Brandon Turner is like God of real estate, <laughs> you know? Uh, if he's not God, he's like the Jesus of real estate. I don't he's know. I guess Jesus maybe Grant beer. Cardone. Yeah, he's got the Jesus beer. We'll, we'll call yeah. him the Jesus of real estate. And like, it's a big deal. And um, you know, the reason he is the where he's at is because of bigger pockets and because of the portfolio that he developed when he was on the show over the past like eight ten years. So when I was like interviewing for the role and like, you know, getting tested for it and everything, I was like, you know, I think one of my first interviews, I was like, hey. I want this, but like, why me? I'm like, obviously not qualified for this. And they were like, well, we like that. Actually, we want someone that's, you know, kind of a a little bit more, not green, but at the beginning of the journey, because Mm -hmm. we want people to go on that journey with them. And I was like, okay, if that's what we're going for, check, check, check. I got that. That's exactly what I can provide. And I'm very transparent about this stuff. Like my YouTube channel already teaches people how to do this. And so I was like, if that's all I got to be, if I don't have to pretend to be some billionaire, like apartment syndicator, that's like, you know, owns a thousand apartments and great. Like I can just be who I am on the show and it'll be really, really, really great. And, uh, it it really has been, I mean, yeah, imposter syndrome for sure. And the, and the fact that I'm like, I'm stepping into, to some pretty big shoes, um, like, you know, Brandon Turner, big deal. And I got to like, everyone loves him. He's a very lovable, really nice guy. I I don't know if you've ever like met him or anything, but he's a super nice guy. Like, crazy nice. So he's a very lovable person kind of thing. And I'm like, all right, well, shoot, like, you know, I don't want if I hope people aren't mad that I'm like doing this. And honestly, I read all the YouTube comments. I'm in the forums and people have been really nice. You know, I would say there's been like a comment, maybe two where people were like, bring Brandon back or like, I don't know, I'm not feeling Rob. And I'm like, ooh, 
okay, good. Uh, you know, so I think for the most part, people are like, you know, they're, they're okay with me. And so that combined with like having done this now for three or four months, I'm finally at a point where I'm like, okay, all right, things are feeling good. Things are feeling good. I'm all right over here. Like, yeah, you know, so the imposter syndrome is starting to wear off a bit as I start to so- sort of settle into who I am and who I'm supposed to be on the show. And it's just, it's been a, it's been a blast. Yeah, definitely big shoes to fill. Uh, Brandon's awesome, but do, yeah. I mean, seriously, man, you, you are killing it. Like I say that sincerely, um, Thank you. I, th- I think the people in the YouTube comments, I think they're being honest with you. I think you're doing a good job, man. Thanks, man. Um, it's, I appreciate it's, it. The the you've you've got a really charismatic personality, and you're entertaining, and you're obviously very knowledgeable, and you're you know right in the middle of your journey as well. And uh, it's been really fun getting to hear your stories and insights on the podcast. And um, so that kind of leads me to my next question. I'd love to know, given where you are now in your journey, you've reached this place where you know you're, you're not working the nine to five anymore. You have steady streams of income. I'm sure a certain amount of it is passive. You said you don't have to worry about, you know, paying for certain things like milestones for your kids and your parents and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. What is your long-term vision from where you are now looking forward? Like, what do you, what do you, what are you working towards or what is your goal? Are you trying to automate and make more of it passive? Or are you, you trying to continue to push and grow? How are you juggling that with, I guess, just being a, you're in an interesting point because I know you're like, now you've got all the broadcasting from bigger pockets and your YouTube, you've got a lot of positive momentum that I'm sure you could continue pouring time into. But I think about that, pushing that forward, like to the max versus my kids are two and a half and one, and I have a, a beautiful wife and, and, a, and a, a family and building. How are you marrying those two together right now? Um, yeah. So I think I just want, I'm at this point now where I think, uh, so there, okay, look, when I was about to quit my job, I was talking to a lot of founders and CEOs and they were all like, dude, what are you doing? Quit your job. Why are you still working? Like we watch your YouTube <laughs> channel. We know how much you make. And I was like, okay, okay. So finally, like a lot of those, they, they, they were very like influential in me quitting my job because they were just like, just do it. Stop thinking about it. You're fine. You're going to be fine. And so like, that was one really big time in my life. That was, you know, in, advice like that was really important. I'm getting a very similar set of advice right now from similar types of people where the advice is that I need to hire people and really pull myself out of these businesses and hire like a COO and hire like a manager and hire this and this and this so that I can not focus nearly as much on every single little tiny aspect of my business. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where I'm struggling with right now. It's like, okay, I, I recognize that I need to do that. I still feel like I'm, I'm so much, I'm so needed in all this stuff, but effectively right now I'm, kind of figuring out how to build a team that makes my life a little bit more passive because what's the point of having money if I don't even get to hang out with my family? You know what I mean? So I think my big goal, I mean, I guess I want to make more money in in the, in the sense that everybody does. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't have a, I don't have like a, uh, like a particular goal in mind because like for me, I was like, Oh, if I can make a million dollars a year, great. Like I've, I've done it and I've surpassed that. And now I'm like, okay, well, you know, life doesn't really change from making 1 million to 2 million or really 2 million to 3 million. Like you're still kind of frugal and you're still like investing in everything. So I don't really have like a number in mind. Like, you know, if I could make 6 million bucks, obviously I'm not going to be mad about that, but I'm not like, <laughs> that's what I'm working towards, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm really working more towards, cause I kind of see like that making money as like a, like a temporary thing in a sense where I'm like, okay, yeah, it's like good cash flow, And it's like, like more, like I'm trying to really transition from like 
being quote unquote rich to being quote unquote wealthy. There's like a really big difference. Rich is temporary, wealthy is forever. Mm-hmm. And so I'm working on how I can continue to build wealth, build out my real estate portfolio, get my net worth going, work on those passive income sources like you talked about, and then hiring people to manage all that so that I can pop in here and there and like give direction and like all that kind of stuff. And then go hang out with my family. Um, mm-hmm. We were talking before this, I want to travel more. Uh, my kids aren't at that point where we can get on a 10 hour flight yet, but we have the money to travel and I don't see why we can't do it or why we shouldn't. So that's kind of my big goal. It's like, I just want to travel more and eat good food <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like w- with my family. Honestly, that, that, that's really like, I'm such a foodie. I love eating food and I like eating food in other countries. So if I could just do that with my, with my kids and stuff, I think that would be really cool. And then, um, like I, I teach host camp, which is my 12 month mentorship program. And like, I've got a thousand students in that and people are closing on their Airbnbs and like making money and they're quitting their jobs. And to me, that is even more impactful than the actual financial component of it. So it's really nice Mm -hmm. to be able to make money and be able to teach people how to change their life. So that's been really, really great. So I think like a couple of pillars, I want to be more passive. um, And I want to like hire people to manage that for me. I want to travel more with my kids. I want to grow host camp and continue to like build out people's portfolios and change their lives. And um, if I could do those three things, like I'm good with that. There's a few other projects here and there that I'm working on, but, oh, oh yeah, sorry. The other, the fourth thing, the big thing, more of an internal mission is I just want to make, you know, millionaires out of all of my friends who want that. Like my friends mm-hmm. and my, my business partners that were there from the beginning, like I want to like develop them and help them because I've got friends that are like, oh man, I just, I, I want to do it, but I'm scared or like, I don't know how. And I'm like, I can help you let's do this, you know? And so kind of starting different companies with friends and funding it and investing in them and really just helping them like change their life financially too, because you know, what good is being rich if you don't get to spend with your family? I'm not, I'm not saying I'm rich just for the sake of the podcast. And then what good is uh, having money if you are not getting to enjoy it with your friends? (laughs) So it's like, it's a little bit of like, I want everyone in my life to be taken care of. I think is kind of like the, 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 um, the moral of the story on that. Yeah. I love that. You're bringing the whole squad with you. That's yeah, really cool. Exactly. Yeah. The ultimate come up story. <laughs> I love it, man. So I want to ask you this. So for the guy who's listening to this podcast today and they are, they've seen the illustration of your story and they've had the switch flip in their head and they're like, I want to go do this. I want to make that leap from the nine to five to, you know, I want to be an entrepreneur, but whether it's in real estate, content creation, whatever it may be, maybe it's both, maybe it's something else what's the number one piece of advice that you would give to that guy who's standing at the starting line, or maybe he's trying to find the starting line of how do I start building this bridge over to this life? I want to, I want to create for myself. What would you tell that guy? Um, I would probably say that, you know, you need more than one source of income. Like a lot of people think that it's crazy to like quit your job to become an entrepreneur and like pursue a dream or a passion. But I actually think it's crazy to work at a job that is your sole source of income. That's way riskier to me because for me, like I was building out all these different sources of income and I knew that if I ever got laid off, which I was like trying to, I was like, oh, if I got laid (laughs) off, at least I get paid severance. But um, like, I always knew that I would be fine because, you know, I was making income five different ways even before I quit my job. And so I think that that really has to be what any person who wants to quit their job and kind of get started in a life that, you know, 
even if it mimics mine or fits its own thing, like you need different sources of income. Um, most millionaires make their money because they have six to eight sources of income that all make that cash for them. Right. And so mm-hmm. I'm not saying, Hey, quit your job and become a millionaire. That's like way easier said than done. What I'm saying is regardless of whether that's your goal or not, you need different sources of income because they're not always going to work out. There's going to be economic downturns. There's going to be, um, you know, uh, like if you work a physical job, maybe you get injured. Um, there's going to be so many things that like can really happen in your life that can affect any of your sources of income. So the more of them you have, the better off you're going to be. So I think really give thought to how you can make more money in different capacities that aren't your job and then start nurturing those ideas, you know, plant the seed, water the seed. And then one day after a few years, it's not going to be instant little by little, it's all going to come together into this like crazy spider financial spider web of income sources that are supporting you and your family. That's great. That's super helpful. Um, I'm, I'm going to take that advice and I'm going to run with it. So I hope, hope to have a good, <laughs> good, uh, good report for you um, here in the next, next couple of months, couple of years. Good. Rob, you have been extremely generous with your time. I have a couple last questions and then I'm going to kick mm-hmm. you out of here. Ask everybody, ask everybody these on the show. Question number one, what is something that most people don't know about you? Oh, man, I don't know. That's tough. I say everything on the channel. What do most people (laughs) don't know about me? I guess that, uh, man, this is such a lame answer. Let me give it. I mean, I play guitar. I don't know. That's cool. I'm like, I mean, I used to. I I guess I stopped playing it. But at one point, I could play every single song on the John Mayer discography. So I guess that's that's something. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. You, You must have been pretty decent then. I was, I was pretty good. Yeah. But yeah. then it was like, okay, I'm not going to be famous at this, or I'm not going to like be rich at this, or like, <laughs> I'm not going to be successful at this. So I was like, whatever, let's focus on other things. There you go. All right. Question number two and caveat, the answer to this question cannot be your family, but besides good. your family, what are you the most proud of in your life so far? Okay. Okay. Good. Yeah. That's I was, I thought it was going to be a question like this. Cause I'm always like, on bigger pockets. I'm like, what are your hobbies? And people are like hanging out with my family. And it's like, yeah, okay. All right. I get it. <laughs> but give us something else. Um, I think I'm just most proud, um, that I started a YouTube channel that people like, and I went for it and I have like really weird, corny, wacky, quirky jokes on there that most of the time, I mean, allegedly most of the time land and people like that, <laughs> you know, um, I think that's something that I'm really proud of. It's always a very big moment of pride when people like recognize me on the street, come up to me, you know, like if I'm hanging out with my best friends or like my wife and someone's like, dude, I love your channel. I'm always like, yeah, I did it. I did it. My hard work has paid off. I love it. Yeah. The, uh, your, your videos are incredible. The content's great. Whoever edits your videos too is phenomenal. Um, he or Mm -hmm. she does a really good job. Yeah. Caleb, um, great, great work on the, on the edit. Give him a plug as well. All right. Last question for you. This has to do with the word legacy. So legacy has, I think a lot of people will hear that word and it's probably a lot of different things that come to mind. Generational wealth is one, you know, names on buildings, just kind of like what impact are we going to leave behind through the context of this show? When I think about legacy, I think about two different, I guess, groups of people. And I think about the people that mean the most to me now and the people who God willing, I will leave behind on this earth when I go. And within those two buckets fall my two kiddos. And when I think about legacy, I think about the moments, the memories, the lessons, the experiences, all these little things that hopefully they will experience with me 
so that when I, God willing, like I said, leave them behind on this earth, they'll, they'll remember that about me and they can kind of carry those lessons on with them and, you know, live, live on, um, and then pass those on to their kids. So through that lens, that's kind of what I think about, think about when I think of the word legacy. So if I turn that to you and I say, Rob, what do you want your legacy to be with your kiddos? How would you answer that question? Um, I'm trying to think of something more profound than a loving father. Um, I guess, I mean, well, that that's like the, I don't know how you'll top that. I mean, that's, you know, (laughs) like that's, I think, um, I guess, okay. I want my legacy to be, um, like I want to be remembered as a father that would literally drop anything to do something for their kids, just like my dad. That's awesome. I love it. And I'll, I'll add on to that too. I think what's really cool about your legacy is not what you are leaving, leaving behind in that regard with the kids, but also the people that you're bringing with you. Like you said, you're bringing all the people around you trying to make them millionaires. You're teaching all these people, you're pouring into people like me and our podcast and our platform. And now the millions of people that, you know, see you on YouTube and on bigger pockets. Um, and you've, you're you're on the right track from a legacy perspective and uh so i just want to thank you so much for making some time for us today this is this has been awesome i've really really enjoyed this i was super pumped to get to have you on here where's the best place for people to find you follow you where do you want to where do you want to send people uh you can find me on youtube at rob built uh it's like my name rob built something like r-o-b-u-i-l-t uh, you can find me on instagram at rob built as well you can find me on tiktok at rob built toe because uh someone took rob built for me and uh, I think that's it. I mean, if you want to learn about how to start an Airbnb business, you can go to hostcamp.com. But other than that, uh, yeah, Rob Bill. Rob Bill on YouTube. That's like the hub of all things Rob. There we go. We will link it all up in the show notes. Rob, thanks again for your time, brother. Really appreciate it. For sure, man. Have me back sometime. Definitely. Do. I'll hold you to that. All right. All right, everybody. That's it. Thanks for listening. And if you haven't already, do me a huge favor and subscribe to the show or leave us a rating and review. We can't thank you enough for your support. Until next time, remember to love and lead from the front. See ya.